Welcome to season three of Late Night Cage Fight, the most honest Nick Cage movie comedy podcast, I think. We're a group of friends from Ohio who used to watch Nick Cage movies together religiously, and now we're just another podcast documenting our journey, ranking them all chronologically. Every episode, we pit two movies against each other in order to choose a winner, leading up to our season finale cage fight, where we decide the ultimate winner for the season. Our season one winner was Birdie. Don't do anything stupid, Birdie. Oh! And the season two winner was Vampire's Kiss. The latest Nick Cage movie we reviewed way back in the day was Willie's Wonderland. I've got cage fighters Sean and Steve joining me. I don't know why in the outline I put my own name. Reese, you're here too. Reese is here too? Yeah. How are you two doing? I am doing well. Uh, I got uh, one one half of my microchip, uh, so... You know, my the processing power right. of the microchip has uh, synced up with my MacBook mm-hmm. and uh, and the 5G and has accelerated the uh, the processing power of the recording. So I should be coming in crystal clear. You sound beautiful. Well, thank you. I don't know if it's the microchip. Is is that microchips? Is that a cereal? Uh, yeah, uh, they they actually have a, a pumpkin spice uh, version for, you know, for, for the upcoming fall uh, months, uh, you know, after after mm. summer, um, which is my favorite flavor. Uh, Steve, how are you doing? Are you microchipped? Are you tagged? I have also been low-jacked um, by the... United States Bill Gates administration. Was this willingly or was this forced? Um, both. What do you mean by both? It can't be both. They took over your mind? No, it's like that thing where, you know, you're given like an impossible choice, right? It's, do you want to get low jacked or do you want to get punched repeatedly in the dick? Okay. So it was... It was a it was a voluntary choice, but it, it's kind of like if wow. you're if you're getting choked out, but uh, uh, but then you're like you know mm. harder, daddy. Yeah, yeah, because you like yeah. it. Yeah, a little bit. Jesus a Christ, because it reminds you of your upbringing. I'm glad we're only a few minutes in to this episode, and we're already talking about punching dicks. Auto autoerotic I can't you know I forget it. I heard that's something Pauly Shore was really into. Uh, We're officially in the 90s, boys. We will be talking about the neo-noir thriller Red Rock West and uh, crime drama slash unintentional comedy Deadfall, both from 1993. We'll discuss our thoughts on both of these movies, memorable scenes, Cage's performance, etc., 
And then we'll have our cage fight where we decide once and for all which cinematic masterpiece shall go on to compete in the season finale. But first, let's just do a quick catch up, guys. What's new, fellas? Yeah, just what's uh, going on? Just just playing some some video games, and I just played Control on PlayStation Five. Uh, would highly recommend it. It's uh, essentially a third-person shooter Metroidvania where you you are exploring a government agency that is. Uh, that deals with extra-dimensional occurrences. So if you're a fan of, uh, you know, some of the imagery or that style of imagery from, like, Inception or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, like, Doctor Strange, really trippy game, really interesting, and and you get to be a, a girl with, like, telekinesis and stuff, which is cool. Man, I'm really excited. You're gonna let me borrow it? Uh, it's actually free on PlayStation Plus right now. So if you have a okay, yeah. Well, I meant I meant the PlayStation Five. Oh, I don't know if we could oh, get that yeah. through customs. So what's what's the game called? Control. Control. Yeah, if you have a if you don't have a PS Five yet, uh, but you have a PlayStation Network account, you can go on the store on your website and or on like the website and add it to your library that way, so you nice. have it at okay. least. Cool, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to do that then. Really cool game. Because I'm I'm up for the system, but I haven't. I always struggle with with launch systems because usually the launch titles uh, there's not a lot of them. Mm -hmm. It's not usually any of the games that I'm particularly like like day one excited for. Yeah. Um, And there always ends up being a bug in the first gen launch that's either a really good bug or a really bad bug. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, no in-between when it comes to Sony. It's either, like, this is the only one that's going to have backward compatibility, or (laughs) this is the one that randomly explodes. So far, I think there haven't really been a whole lot of of bugs. The only bug is that Mm -hmm. you can't can't buy them because the chips are all stuck at the Suez Canal. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) Steve, it's your turn. Tell us something new with your life. I'm... I'm not allowed to do new things. Um, Why because... not? Who is preventing you? Joe Ever Biden. since Biden took over. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the entire country has been in a wreck. And it's been terrible. Um, and just recently I found out that he's, he's actively coming to take our guns. Yeah. So. Just like Obama did. I just had this yeah. conversation last night with a Japanese friend. Oh, so Obama's coming to take their, sorry, Obama <laughs> and Biden. I know they're still in cahoots, so it's really Obama that just runs Biden just like he did before. But this, they're all coming and taking the guns from Japan, too. This is not Joe Rogan, Steve. Um, it's not the Daily Wire. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But as long as we get to keep watching movies, as long as Nick Cage is able to make movies still, then it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know you, what to say. You went to Nintendo Land. 
Oh yeah. I had the opportunity I had the opportunity to go to Super Nintendo World in uh at Universal Studios Japan. That was is really that, cool. Where, where is that exactly? It's in Osaka. It is in Osaka. It I, is. Okay. I thought I saw your tagging and I saw that it was in Osaka and I got really excited because we're supposed to go there this summer. And then I got really bummed when I realized that um, as an American citizen, I'm not allowed there. <laughs> So Why not? I got neglected from our because they're not allowing anybody in. They're barely allowing uh, citizens in. Oh, you mean Japan? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hopefully that changes yeah, on, soon. Hopefully, but you yeah, just need to get the. For us, you just got to get the butt swab first. Nick Cage was complaining about these same issues. That's true. His uh, fiance not being able to see her. So, Nick, we know how you feel. We've been there. Speaking of Nick. Yeah, Steve, um, you got some Nick Cage news? Let's jump into it. Not not a lot, just a little. You know, he's, he's, uh, like you said, he's been married. Yeah, congratulations. Newly wed. Yep. That's great. It's cool. This time it wasn't, it wasn't an accident. Look, I'm trying really hard not to make jokes because, you know, Nick has every right to get... Um, Yeah, the only other news is uh, evidently, um, as uh, Jiu-Jitsu is releasing on Netflix, uh, plenty of people share our same struggles um, with being intimidated, confused, and... uh, in some cases, just really weirded out uh-huh. by uh, by uh, jujitsu. Yeah, we got a new Mortal Kombat coming out soon. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm actually I'm fairly certain that that was inspired by jujitsu. Actually, it could have been. Yeah, I think it was. Unfortunately, Nicolas Cage is not associated with the new Mortal Kombat or any Mortal Kombat. <laughs> He would have he would have killed um, it as Johnny Cage. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Is that is that uh, all of our Nick Cage news? That's all the news I have for today. Unfortunately, yeah. Besides the uh, the Ant Bully HD remaster uh, rebullied edition coming to Steam uh, <laughs> with new remastered audio featuring Nicolas oh, Cage tell me. from yeah. Bully uh, me. Are they releasing an Ant Bully uh, for PlayStation VR as well? I thought I thought that they had put a hold on the Ant Bully stuff because of all of the cyberbullying and the bullying happening in the schools. Yeah, you're they, right. Actually, now that I think about it, the what I what I read about wasn't an Ant Bully VR. It was actually um, Ant Bully Mediation VR. We've really we've really gone off the deep end here. This is the first yeah. episode of season three, remember? So, and this is supposed, yeah, this is supposed to hard. be setting up the rest of the season, and we're already right. just... We're already yeah. out there, people. We're in the deep end, because that is what this is. Look at the movies that we have coming up for the season. Yeah. There is, this is the shallow end. It mm-hmm. only goes deeper from here. We're really going to feel it today with uh, Deadfall. That's right. But before Deadfall, let's talk about Red Rock West. That's the kind of work you look for. I was hoping to get on a drilling crew. Why don't you try, uh, try Red Rock? Maybe somebody there can head you in the right direction. 
I thought you were supposed to be here last Friday. You are here for the job, aren't you? And you're Lyle from Dallas, right? You're right. There's the five, like we agreed. Just to go out to the house, break in. When she comes in, you, uh, well, you know what to do. Your name's Suzanne? Well, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, your husband, Wayne, he, uh, he plans to have you murdered. You know, I never did catch your name. Michael. Lyle from Dallas. Super. Super fast. What should I do? If I were you, I'd get a divorce. Nicholas Cage of Honeymoon in Vegas and Moonstruck, Lara Flynn Boyle of The Temp and Wings World, and Dennis Hopper of Boiling Point and Blue Velvet. Does this mean that we ain't partners? Red Rock West. From Columbia. Two minutes into the film, we are getting Nick Cage shirtless doing one-armed push-ups in the middle of the street. And I'm thinking, it's looking promising, guys. The vibe of this movie, it definitely has a kind of contemporary Western feel. Then it starts to feel more like a thriller. And then when the uh, the only female character in the movie shows up, it started to feel like a Lifetime movie. I don't know if you guys felt that. I guess when you put all those things together, that's what they call neo-noir. Um, that mm-hmm. and the fact that they have the characters smoking and drinking throughout the whole movie. That's, that's what makes mm-hmm. neo-noir, apparently. So Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, this this is live action Cowboy Bebop. You should watch this before the Netflix one comes out. Yeah, it's gonna be like you know Dragon Ball Evolution when that came out. We all there was already a Chinese Dragon Ball movie that had been made. So I thought you know we didn't really need another movie, but that's cool that that Hollywood is attempting one, and it was actually pretty good. I recommend everybody watch Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, this this film is actually. Uh, a real adaptation of the Super Mario Brothers movie, especially with Dennis Hopper's uh, portrayal of uh, Bowser from Dallas. Bowser from Dallas. Can you believe this? This is because of when I was born. You know, <laughs> I when I was a kid, I couldn't watch most Dennis Hopper movies. I think, or I just wasn't interested in them. So my first, my first encounter with Dennis Hopper in a movie was Super Mario Brothers movie. You know, I I, I was wondering. I, I thank you for saying that because honestly, watching that movie, I was trying yeah. to think why I knew him. And 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 now that you say that, I realize that that not only is it obviously the same actor, right? But he has the same like. Like hair and makeup. I mean, it's like yeah, it's it's the same look. It is hundred percent. I heard that Dennis Hopper he he did that movie because his kids told him to, and then his kids were like really disappointed in him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that he was one of the more entertaining pieces of that movie. Uh, which one? Uh, are we talking Mario or are we talking Red Well, I mean, I'm talking Mario. Both, really? Yeah, both, yeah. really. But yeah. as a kid, as a kid watching the Mario movie, I was I was afraid. 
he scared me, especially with that with those uh, like blonde tipped cornrows. <laughs> that was like Mad Max for kids. Yeah, that's probably what messed me up as a kid and got me into all these other crazy subcultures. Going back to Red Rock West. I would say for the first third of the movie, I was actually really into it. I was willing to suspend my disbelief when Cage's character Michael is mistaken for the hitman that J.T. Walsh's character Wayne, the bar owner, has hired to murder his wife because, as we're made to believe, she's cheating on him with a ranch hand named Kurt. I loved that part, actually. Uh, Then, when Michael pays a visit to the wife, Lara Flynn Boyle's character, Suzanne, I really liked how she then then pays him off not to kill her and to instead go after Wayne. And, of course, we know that uh, he wouldn't kill her or anyone else because he's a moral character. But then later, Michael is leaving Red Rock and accidentally hits Kurt with his car, and Michael... Nick Cage's character, uh, being the tough guy with morals that he is, drives Kurt to the hospital to, to try to save his life. And while he's there, the sheriff shows up, who just so happens to be Wayne, the bar owner. Um, so then Michael escapes from Walsh, only to get picked up by the real hitman, Lyle from Dallas, Dennis Hopper, and dragged back to the bar where he then has to escape from Wayne and Lyle both. And he does it by walking across a two-by-four to ride on the roof of a big box truck, and, and somehow he later convinces the driver to take him back to Suzanne's house. And that was when I realized that this whole movie was going to be, you know, one of those out-of-the-frying-pan-into-the-fire type situations on repeat. Um... Basically, I think it, it is a pretty fun ride if you're willing to forgive all of these forced coincidences that are there just to move the plot forward. But it gets to be a little much, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I definitely think that the movie overall, I think I think it's a well-made film. And if you're into, you know, modern day Westerns or, you know, noir style films, I think... You know, there's there's something here for you. I would argue that Cage's character is a little bit of a little bit of a, a Gary Sue. Gary Sue. He, uh, <laughs> he um, you know, they they really emphasize throughout the movie that he is. They try to make him just like, oh, he's always going to do the right thing. Like, yeah. you know, this this is a a guy who. Um, has probably like five bucks to his name right at the beginning of the movie and and he was a marine yeah he was a marine and he was in and that accident yeah at, at least they he, they gave him a handicap at the, you yeah. know at the from the beginning no but he won't lie about it he he, no. he won't be dishonest Mm-mm. he uh Mm-mm. there's that scene where he's in the uh what was some kind of store i forget but uh he was in the store and you know he thinks about about stealing the money out of the register but he but he doesn't and uh you know but he's still the good guy because he like fucks the sheriff's wife so (laughs) that's that's the line yeah but she is spoilers 
manipulating him, maybe. She's a femme fatale. What did you think, Steve? I disagree with both of y'all. Really? Um, yeah, I feel... So, first off, I feel like this was, like, just... Uh, it was like a Russian nesting doll of a movie. Um, where, like, as the movie progresses, it just... it You open it up and it becomes a totally different movie inside of a movie. All right. And then you go a little further and you open it up and it becomes a totally different movie once again. But, so... Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was saying with the shifts in, in the feel of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's 100%. Uh, so, like, yeah, it starts off with this I don't know what the fuck is going on moment, which I, I guess that was the hook back in the day for how to get people interested in movies. Now you've got, like, this big action scene in the first few minutes, but back then it was really just enough to make you go, like, what the fuck is going on? Uh-huh. So yeah. that's your opening hook, right? The the trying to figure out why he's broke down in the middle of the road and what's going on. You realize yeah. it was really just him prepping for a job interview. But anyways, <laughs> they make a point to establish two things in this movie, right? Okay. Right All off right. the bat, in the first five, 15 minutes probably. Uh-huh. They establish his his morality. You know, he won't lie. He won't do anything wrong. He's a, he's a really, really good guy. Yeah. And then they try to establish his handicap. Okay. And then they immediately destroy both of those things. Okay. Because he's unwilling to lie about a quote-unquote bad knee mm-hmm. to get a job interview. But he has absolutely no problem lying whenever he gets to Wayne's about being somebody else altogether. And then, you know, just... Following through on murdering someone. What do you? He he didn't so, follow through okay. with that. Okay. In a realistic situation, if so, if even if even if let's assume that he's the the good guy and he he agrees to you know oh yeah you're looking for a job you like I can do the job. Mm-hmm. Sounds like guy's not coming. Finds out someone's going to pay you five grand to take the money. Yeah. Are you going to walk out in there and go to her house or are you going to go find the police right then? Why did he go to the house? Why did that ever escalate beyond that point? He should have immediately tried yeah. to find the sheriff. So he's in the, so in my mind, the morality was gone at that point. Mm-hmm. And then he has a bad knee that apparently makes him too un, unreliable on a drilling team. But yeah. yet he has absolutely no problem sprinting through the forest, <laughs> jumping over things. And yeah, I, I did running, notice that. Running after trains. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he did some straight up racing with the moon shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. But how do you feel about, you mentioned the Russian nesting dolls type effect yeah, that, so, that you feel. Do, but do you feel like the events that occur in the movie obviously are not realistic, but are just kind of forced upon you? Yeah, they're way too abrupt. Like, the, the, it's a very, very abrupt, like, gear change of what's going on with things. That's yeah. Why. Okay, so I actually put together a list of the unlikely events that happen in this movie. After the part that I mentioned before where Michael reunites with Suzanne mm-hmm. when he escapes on the top of the box truck. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through them. It's kind of a synopsis, I guess, and there are tons of spoilers here, but I think you guys will appreciate it. One, Nicolas Cage knocks the funk 
out of Dennis Hopper at Suzanne's house and just leaves him there. There's a lot of knocking people out cold in the movie and just leaving them. So why wouldn't why wouldn't he tie him up or something at least? Was that him? Yeah. What should I do? If I were you, I'd get a divorce. Two. Suzanne has a Jeep they can use to flee. Of course, the Jeep's out of gas. After they fill it up in the next town over, Suzanne wants a drink at the local bar. Just one drink. Earlier, Dennis Hopper wants a drink with Nick, too. Everyone is begging Nicolas Cage to let them buy him a drink in the movie at the most inconvenient time. Uh, number three, after the bar, Suzanne is too horny to keep going. It's best to stay overnight at the Comfort Inn next door so they can have sex. Then in the morning, she convinces Michael to drive back to Red Rock to steal back her insurance money from Wayne. That's a really great idea. Yeah. Four, Wayne comes back, so the two of them hide in the closet. And Wayne is suspicious that there's someone in the closet, but he conveniently gets distracted. Uh, when the coast is clear, they exit the closet to make their escape until... Oh no! Dennis Hopper's back, and he punches Nick in the face. Mike! Five, someone finally is killed in this movie when Lyle kills the lone cop at the station before breaking Wayne out. Then Lyle forces Cage to race a train, like you said, and practically ramp over it for fun. Yeah. What was the point of that? <laughs> Six, at last we have our climax in the cemetery where Lyle forces Cage to dig for Wayne's money box. I feel like Michael has plenty of opportunities to overpower Lyle, but whatever, it's cool. All they have is the keychain pocket knife. But Wayne mentions when they pull in that there's a caretaker on the property. If Lyle kills him, he will then alert the caretaker. So why doesn't Lyle just restrain everyone and just kill the caretaker from the start before finishing the job? I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Number seven. My last complaint is the ending. Michael pours all the money out of the bag from the train and then kicks Suzanne off, which was awesome. I liked that part of the ending. But when you think about it, the police are close behind them, and we're supposed to believe that Michael has escaped scot-free, but couldn't the police just radio the neighboring precincts and have them make a roadblock to stop the train or call the conductor or something plot was messy a little bit yeah i think i think generally the performances were good um yeah i thought cage was solid i even somewhat liked his character you know he was kind of your typical badass but he was also cage a was solid I, I i liked uh what leslie and uh wayne but the goddamn woman Suzanne. I, yeah, I, I did not I did not really care for her character, and I don't know if that was a common acting style of the of the time or something. But mm. I just she did not feel genuine to me at any point. I think her character was intentionally written to fit in with this neo noir atmosphere yeah. that they were going for. Yeah. I I would imagine it being the the way that a, a character would act. In the old uh, PI 
scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. She was the woman that would come into a PI yeah. and be like, I need you to come and no. solve this mystery for me. I think you're absolutely That's right. The, yeah. Yeah. So it just felt off for me to, for her to be essentially a, a, a con man as well. She mm-hmm. didn't seem intelligent and conniving enough. And at, at no point did she give a, 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 any sort of a, a vibe that she understood what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She always just felt like this, you know, airheaded. Yeah. I don't know what's going on kind of character. So I, it felt broken to me a little bit. You're not thinking about going to the police, are you? Yeah, I want to get this goddamn mess cleaned up before anyone else gets hurt. What are you going to tell them? truth you sure about that cage played it pretty straight he didn't get too crazy over the top there was some decent chemistry with the other actors what kind of let me down was in the final act how cage's character kind of becomes secondary and more passive as the story shifts focus to the other characters but i really like i really like watching dennis hopper in movies so it was cool to watch him um, have a lot of screen time so I couldn't complain too much. Nick uh, asks Dennis Hopper to blow him, and he doesn't do it. Uh, and I think that that movie would have ended very differently if that was the case. Yeah. That's, that's true, actually. Yeah. You think you're better than me, don't you? Why don't you just blow me? The, the music reminded me of the video game The Last of Us. There's a, this <laughs> yeah. that moody acoustic guitar riff that they play. But yeah, that's uh, Red Rock West, the first movie of our first episode of season 3. It's the first cage movie to take place in Wyoming. Is that where it took place? It took place in in Wyoming. Mhm. Which okay. uh roughly translates Wyoming and Cherokee roughly translate to no state here. So uh, Wyoming actually does not exist. It is a fictional U.S. Mm. state. That makes sense. That checks. Yeah. Yeah. Name one person who's ever been to Wyoming. You can't. I actually can't. Therefore, your theory theory must be 100% correct. Do we have any trivia or behind-the-scenes facts about Red Rock West? Do we know anything? I know this movie is hard to find for some reason. Dennis Hopper actually was supposed to play the sheriff, uh, but he he insisted that he played uh, that he played Lyle from from Dallas. That's interesting. I wonder who who Cage modeled his character after. I felt like it was a very intentional throwback to John Wayne type characters. James Dean again comes to mind, but I just felt like watching him in this role, he was channeling some of his, uh, you know, badass heroes. This movie was well-reviewed, whereas our next film... You know that all of the uh, lead actors from this movie um, were all in uh, David Lynch movies. Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet, uh, Nicolas Cage, of course, Wild at Heart, and uh, Laura Flynn Boyle in uh, Twin Peaks. That is is a pretty fresh fact. Thanks for that. And now let's fall into Deadfall. Good night's fall, gentlemen. It's $2 million. 
sound of that. I love you, Joe. I might want you to take me away right now. Let's go. Tell you what. If it's a high card, I'll tell you who I am. And if it's a low card, I'll tell you who you are. Is that a deal? Joker. Joker. I was in this con once before. Backfired. He's wired! It's a setup! Bad. 60 grand a carrot. Lawless. It's $9 million worth for the price of it. You have seduced me. Jake. Looking to score big, break a young girl's heart. What do you want? You don't know me. I don't have anyone. How's your pool game? Not too good. Ah, perfect. Perfect. That's my friend. It's poetry. Welcome to paradise, Mr. Joe. Anything goes wrong, kill them all. What can I say about Deadfall? This may honestly be one of the worst movies to be made on a $10 million Hollywood budget. It's so bad, I couldn't even find critical reviews for our review. I think that they didn't even know what to say, so their review was silence. It has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, which... Now, that's not to say... It's not to say that Deadfall is unwatchable, though I personally argue that a lot of it is. I think Nicolas Cage elevates Deadfall from a kind of boring and forced noir gangster movie to actually something legendary. Shut up! Shut the fuck up, man! (laughs) It's honestly, it's something that you have to see for yourself, and a good place to do it is YouTube, you can just search Deadfall, Nicolas Cage scenes, and I mean, wow. It's crazy that this movie exists. Oh yeah, I thought it was funny. The beginning of the movie, Joe Dolan, played by Michael Bean, tells the guy he's driving to the drug deal not to worry about risking his 50 grand because he's about to make $500,000 back in cocaine. Deadfall was made with a budget of $10 million and earned a grand total worldwide of $18,000. What? Really? Yes. It could, it could make more money if they uh, allowed you to watch it somewhere. Perhaps. Yeah, for real. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, there's nothing to this movie except... For Nicolas Cage's wild role as Eddie. I mean, we might as well just talk about him in the movie. Do you guys think that being the method actor that Nick Cage is, do you think he chose to do this role simply as an excuse to snort massive amounts of cocaine on set? Wasn't it directed by uh, a family member? Yeah, was it, it was. His brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was it his brother? Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I have you guys here to fact check It's Coppola. Me. Christopher yeah. Coppola. 
Yeah, it's definitely a Coppola. Uh, I Who think also I... wrote it, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was wrote and directed. Since you mentioned method acting, uh, I was going to mention this later, but apparently Cage came onto set dressed in a wig, albino contact lenses, and dark sunglasses because he yeah. thought that this would add more authenticity to the character of a two-bit hustler. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he, he was allowed to pick his own costume for this, right? Dude, when I first saw Face Off and I saw how Nick Cage played Caster Troy, I, I honestly thought, okay, this actor probably had to study these people and interacted with these kinds of people in real life because it was that believable to me as, as a kid. But with this, I, I question everything with Deadfall. Is, did he talk to real hustlers that were like this? Why would he think that real people would talk, act, look like this, do you think? I mean, I feel like people that are on lots of cocaine probably do talk like this. Am I fucking Richard? I know what this is. Look trying to stop me out because of his crazy little nephew being around. Well, vive la fucking France, man! <laughs> First thing I thought when I saw his character, I just thought, do you remember Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite? Well, this is him yeah. now. Feel old yet? <laughs> oh, man. I thought that he had this kind of French accent or something that he had, he was forcing. I mean, it was mostly mumbling, but there was some kind of accent there peppered in. Pick a card. Pick a card. Pick a card. <laughs> He's trying. Pick a card. He should, that was the greatest introduction to him in any movie, though. I do have to oh admit. Oh, my yeah, God. That was good. You can't forget no. that. Yeah, no, great, no. great introduction. He was trying so no, hard and, and, to get that that Riddler role in uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice his nose? He has some kind of prosthetic nose. <laughs> it was it, it was to me. It was I don't know if you know in the classic anime series with the characters that have the pointy nose. Mm-hmm. I just felt like he was trying to be a, a live action anime character with that nose. It was amazing. <laughs> Oh, man. It's a joker. It's a joker, right? It's a joker. We live in a society. <laughs> Just, and you know that a lot of these lines are improv. This is the best oh, example yeah. of allowing Nick full control, letting him go wild. And the ironic thing is that this movie is honestly trash, except for these moments where Cage is free. Who else is in this movie? Um, because there's a lot of like good, well-known actors. To oh yeah, day, yeah. Right? There's some definitely classic, legendary actors in the movie. Yeah. But I know you're not talking about the female lead, Sarah Trigger. The only other movie of note that uh, I found that she was in was called Psycho Sushi. <laughs> yeah, and that's barely. This is Psycho Sushi. It's about death. Sex. No, but I, uh, who else? We have uh, Michael Bain, which was uh, yeah. most known for t- Terminator. Is that probably still accurate? 
Yeah, Michael Bean was in Terminator. He was also in Aliens, both directed by James Cameron. Those are probably his biggest roles. James Coburn. James Coburn. Yeah, I mean some... Peter Fonda. Yep. Uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, and I mean, the, the thing is, it, it seems like all these actors are, are trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some acting happening. It's just the whole story set up. The, 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 there's something lost here between the script and what they shot and how yeah. they shot it. I mean, yeah. they obviously well, wanted to make, yeah. they wanted to make this noir con artist grifter movie. Uh, but I just feel like half of the, half of the movie is them filming shadows or darkness. <laughs> I can't even see what the hell is happening in the movie. It's a, it's a cool concept, but a, the main character is just so... He's just such a nothing character. Oh, and yeah. B... My God. It's, it's so hard to follow what is even going on. I mean, after... After they, you know, get rid of Cage's character in a very right. nonsensical way... It was epic. I don't know if I just missed something, but... I had no idea what his plan against Charlie Sheen's character was. He's just like, oh yeah, right. I'm gonna grift this guy by losing to him in pool. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah, the, the movie does a horrific job at explaining what the hell's happening and why it's happening. W- what's even worse is we're supposed to believe that Michael Bean's character is this... Uh, really sharp grifter you know he's the best of the best and then at the end of the movie he's been he's been duped by his own dad the whole time that was the the dumbest plot twist <laughs> yeah that's so bad and i still don't understand why there is a guy with a robot hook hand i don't know but it's amazing the the diamond the the diamond analyst that that actor, I guess he always wanted to be a Bond villain, so they're just like, oh yeah, just give you a hook hand. Ah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I had no idea what was going on at that point. <laughs> I thought that it, I thought it would be funny if the guy with the hook hand, if if they had uh, hired Christopher Lloyd to play that role. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Ghost in the Shell Two, in a sense, is a movie. It, it, there's. There's a villain in that movie, very briefly, who has one of those, like, you call it a hook hand. It's like a pincer hand or something. I wonder I wonder if Mamoru Oshii watched Deadfall and was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to put a crab hand on my bad guy. Uh, I often wonder if Japanese audiences watch some really bad American movies and not quite understand that they're really bad but that's that's kind of me being an elitist i think that's not the case oh man michael bean he fell for the deadfall am i right why was it called deadfall i've wondered what a deadfall is something there is a reason yeah there's a reason behind that a deadfall is a trap so constructed that a weight such as a heavy log falls on an animal and kills or disables it. 
according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Thanks, Miriam. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The note that I had was actually that critics had dubbed the name of the movie Dreadfall. Oh, that's pretty clever. Dreadful. And of all Nicolas Cage characters, there is a pseudo sequel. Or what you're saying is actually a prequel, prequel. Right? Even though his character is older. So Do you think that they just reveled in all of the bad reviews? And they just they ate it all up and it made them want to just screw everyone and make make this sequel I would argue that a an entertaining 2 out of 10 film is better than a boring 6 out of 10 film I agree I I mean when we're we're about to get to the cage fight here the cage fight portion of of the episode and I'm going to tell you straight up I'm kind of on the fence guys I am on the fence and it's going to be up to you two to choose the winner because it's not, as I suspected, it's not clearly Deadfall because I rewatched Deadfall last night and my God, was it a slog to get through when Nicolas Cage was not on the screen. Did your opinion change from when we had seen it before? When, when we had seen it before we were drinking and ignoring parts of the movie actively. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I had a very similar feeling. Watching it again, I thought, I do not remember it being like this. <laughs> I just love I how it drags. This... Yeah. I love yeah. how it drags on and on. You think that, okay. Well, when... and I forgot how well, it, like how much narration there was and how uh-huh. like, how centered it was around uh, Michael Bain's character. Yeah. Um, I I had remembered it being... Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I remembered Nick's character being a little bit more prominent and a little bit less of an accessory. Um, but I yeah. think that's just because at the time it was... it was That was the, the focus of, again. Um, and I don't... Uh, yeah, I guess you haven't... We haven't mentioned this yet. But um, for me... This movie has a very uh, meaningful impact because, as as we've talked about before on this podcast, um, we used to have Nicolas Cage Appreciation Night um, in Cannes for short. Is this going to be story time? Just a little bit, yeah. Okay. You have an intruder. Yeah, apparently. Grab your gun that you're not allowed um, to have. You're not supposed to be talking about the Nicolas Cage Appreciation Night, Steve. I've told you yeah, over and over. Yeah, evidently. And now I have to hire, I have to send my guy to come kill you. Yeah, they were, they I hope were coming for me. I hope it's the right guy. Not just some guy who <laughs> <laughs> happened to be in the area. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> Uh, so for 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 me, um, it, it, can can you shut up? Um, Incan was something that took place between you and uh, Matt Wait, and uh, was was there anyone else? Todd, other, and other people, other people randomly, but it, it was mostly you and Matt. At yeah, the it was time, mo- correct. Yeah, yeah, and we just kind of dragged other people into it. 
Yeah, so I was one of the people that got dragged in, and the the particular movies for for that night, um, mm-hmm. Deadfall was the first. Okay. The highlight. It was it was the highlight movie for the night. Yeah. Um, there were other ones that you know that were familiar to people, but that was the that was the the one mm-hmm. we were there for. Okay. Um, so for me, because of that, it has somewhat of a special place in, in my nostalgia bank. Yeah. Um, me too. But after going back and watching it, I realized that it was, it, it was way different <laughs> than what I had remembered. <laughs> right. Um, there was a lot less piss. There was a lot less shoe throwing. Uh, right. There was, yeah. there was a lot less, um, violence and mm. uh hiding in closets and just yeah. overall terror right you're, um, you're talking about the the actual events that occurred while we were watching the movie no no i'm just talking about what i remember oh yeah totally totally had some great memories watching deadfall with a group i just, i think this is one that if you're gonna if you're gonna watch it you should really watch it with other people because it's the only way you're gonna survive i mean by the time we got to the sequence where the characters are talking on a moving carousel in the dark a merry-go-round i wanted to just end all life on the planet this whole idea this whole concept is shit and the fact that I have to watch two grown men talk to each other on a merry-go-round, which, by the way, there's a merry-go-round that's pretty prominent in Face-Off. I think John Woo does a much better job at uh, using that imagery, that location. But yeah, man. And then the whole, it's just, you roll your eyes so far in the back of your head when you realize that his dad was playing him the whole time to get the grift get the cake you gotta get his cake the cake is a lie the cake is Although, a lie i do have to say bringing it back bringing it back to the point the, the reason that we're all truly here mm-hmm. deadfall had still some of the greatest lines from oh my cage, god in, in, in my opinion no it's I not mean, opinion that's true yeah it it's is. in the Bible. It Somebody's is. trying to kill me, man! Well, viva la fucking France, man! Hi, fucking ya! <laughs> yeah, really great stuff. And and you can tell that in some of those scenes, they've dubbed his voice over. They've done the ADR. <laughs> you know, just the, it doesn't really fit. And there's something mm-hmm. there that's telling you that it's not uh, recorded with a live studio audience. Yeah. I love after he uh, murders that dude, he slits his throat in the alley, and then he goes home, and the first thing he does when he walks through the doors, he does like that disco pose. (laughs) I love how the the two connecting tissues between these movies, the two themes, are that it just has somebody sleeping with somebody else's woman, and... uh... Yeah. (laughs) Did you know that... uh... Val Kilmer was uh, originally supposed to star. No. Yeah. Honestly, I, you know, I like I like Michael Bean. I love him in Aliens. It was supposed to be uh, Val Kilmer and uh, Joanne Wally. 
I would have preferred Val Kilmer. I yeah. think I would have preferred Wally. I don't know. That I would have preferred. I would have preferred a re rewrite of the entire script, though. Minus Nick Cage. Yeah. Just don't touch the Nick Cage parts. You said you don't know Joanne Wally. No. Do you? Uh, not not particularly. I was looking up some of the things she's done to maybe see if it sparks any joy. I mean, anything. Well, she's yeah. She's one of the owners of Wally's Wonderland. Yeah, yes. And they made that uh, Disney yes. Pixar movie about her. <laughs> so, guys, I own I own Deadfall on DVD. And now, after having seen the movie, I want you guys to look at the cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it looks like a 2003 sci-fi movie. Yeah. It's very no. deceptive. And it, it has a... It has an image of Nick Cage's face um, from another looking movie. Nothing. Yeah, looking nothing like he looks in this movie. Yeah, there, there's no wig, no mustache, no, no shades, no prosthetic nose. He looks like uh, leaving Las Vegas Cage. When did that release, when did that release come out? Because I know that the poster was different. Yeah, I think this was a, uh, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years they, they released this DVD. But yeah, wow. Dead Fall. I, re I really want to watch Arsenal from 2017. See why. Just why. Why? Yeah, we should. We should watch Arsenal and compare. And uh, the, the reviews I read or <laughs> glossed over for Arsenal are pretty similar in that it's a complete waste of time but I, I wonder if Cage still has some of his antics as Eddie. I watched the trailer it seems seems like he definitely plays the same role yeah we're gonna have to watch it Arsenal what a cool title for something so not cool Arsenal uh, Sounds like an EA yeah, game. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. This this is now the cage fight portion of our episode here. Fight. Red Rock West versus Deadfall. I already... I don't... Uh, I feel like I have an impression here of, of... I think I have a prediction of what you guys have chosen. So I'm going to ask you straight up. Has either of you chosen Red Rock West as your choice? Is that your prediction? That's not my prediction. I just... It's it's part of my prediction. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm asking. I'm predicting <laughs> that everybody is choosing Deadfall. So I just want to ask, has anyone chosen Red Rock West? I was considering it because I do think that Red Rock West is technically the better film. Yeah, I'm on the edge here, guys. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm right in the middle. I, I was so deadfall. I was so deadfall until I watched it again and wanted to gouge my eyes out. Um, minus Nick Cage, you know, and that's why we got the supercut on YouTube. I still think I lean a little bit more towards Red Rock West. Do you? Um, I was strongly there at the beginning, but as as the yeah. movie went on, every time there was another layer to it, another shift, mm. it like chipped away a little bit every every time. Yeah, I had this. It had same such a experience. strong opening, and I was yeah. 
I was like, as soon as I started, I was like, this is going to be it. I don't even, like, just even remembering Deadfall, I did, this is this is it. I, I can't fight with this. But as it can, as it went on and as it went on, mm. I'm like... It starts to fall apart. At least, yeah, I was like, at least Deadfall is consistent trash. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the table. I, I've decided that Deadfall is the movie that I want to see compete with the others. So I'm I'm going to put my my eggs in that basket with Deadfall, and and the reason is just how legendary Eddie is, Nick's role, um, how over the top he is, the the improv, the just the crazy lines, you know, just from Nick's role in it. It's it's an amazing movie. Everything else is trash. But if you can get through it, uh, there's some worthwhile stuff. You know, not everything is trash. I will say, I did think that the pool sequence was kind of well done when they were playing pool. I don't know why they were playing pool or what it was getting at, but just I was I was intrigued. Like the, of the course, that they were like playing that pool. vibe. Well, but I mean, th- there was some there was some suspense there, and I just thought it was kind of well shot. I like watching people play pool I guess and Charlie Sheen seemed to be trying with what he had but then when it shifted to the uh, robot crab hand diamond hustler that's when it uh, yeah turned to shit again Um, also I mean you get to see Nick Cage we didn't really talk about it he Eddie is killed in the movie by Michael Bean's character and the way he's killed is his face is Put in uh, a deep fryer, yeah. And so he gets his face greased. A deep fryer. And you also find out a deep fryer that's on for that, reasons. Right. It's just there. It's just waiting to be used, waiting to deep fry somebody's face. Yeah. And uh, we also find out that Nick Cage is, has been wearing a wig this whole movie. I had no idea. I'm going to throw all my eggs in uh, Red Rock West for different reasons. Um, okay. Cage was only in half of Deadfall. Um, and while his, while his... Well, Cage was a great aspect of Deadfall, it's, it's exactly that. You take Cage out of the movie, and the movie was garbage. And the only thing that's great about Cage and Deadfall is the fact that he's a... It's just like you said, improv. He's a stand-up comedian. He's not—he's not an actor in a movie. And but it's so that's what we're good. It's here for. Hey, that's what we're here for. We're not here for Cage as a stand-up comedian. We're here for Cage as an actor uh-huh. and as a as a member of the movie. And in Red Rock West, even though the movie seemed to constantly change and constantly continue, and it was a series of unfortunate events. I wanted to make that was, joke. Damn you. It was a whole movie. It was a whole movie. Yeah. And it had progression. And and Cage still made it, and Cage still brought it to the whole movie. Um, it had its issues. I feel like Cage listened to direction and did what he was told and had kind of a one-note performance because that was the character 
um, not one note, but one dimensional. And I didn't like how he became more and more passive, how things kind of just happened to him and he would just kind of react to them. And then it ended up that, in my opinion, Dennis Hopper upstaged him. He was doing a reverse, a reverse cuckold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he WWE. just wanted, he wanted Dennis Hopper to think that he had the upper hand. I mean, all the way from the very point, he, as soon as he met him, he knew that something was up and he knew he needed to be collected. And so he was just preparing for the opportunity to, uh, to take him out. So I, I don't know. I don't know that Dennis Hopper truly upstaged him. I think that he allowed himself. I think he allowed Hopper I'm, to upstage I'm saying, him. I, no, I'm not saying the characters. I'm saying the performances. And I'm saying the same thing. I'm oh, saying yeah. that, that was part of. I'm saying that's part of Cage trying to not only represent his character, mm-hmm. but do it through his acting as well. That he allowed him to upstage him so that people believed that Hopper was going to be truly the better end of this movie. And then Cage came in and slipped it out from at the end. What an argument, Steve. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. If I had the choice to sit through either of these two movies again, I honestly would choose Red Rock West because it actually feels like a movie where mm-hmm. the plot unfolds and I can follow it. Yeah. I still don't want to watch that one, though. And I, But that's not the question. The question isn't, what do you want to do tomorrow? The question is, which one of these movies is better suited to go on and compete? Yeah, but uh, which one of these movies and regarding Nicolas Cage's role in, in them? Right, right. But you said, like you said, which one of these movies? Not, it's not solely which Nick Cage performance, which character do you want to go on? And it's which movie do you want to carry on? So there's yeah. elements of Deadfall that you have to carry with you. And that's what I don't want to do. But... That's my two cents. Yeah. So that that puts it on you, Sean. You're, that's you're that's crazy. Maker. Steve, this is nuts because I thought you would choose Deadfall and I would choose Red I, Rock I, West. I, I, I really thought I would choose Deadfall and that's what I thought going into this. But as I watched, as I watched Red Rock West at the beginning, I was sold and it just, it, it did. It chipped away from me because there are a lot of, there are a lot of flaws, I think, in Red Rock West. And I, and I understand why it's not as popular as it is as I finished the movie. Um, yeah. But I do still think that as a movie, it's uh, it's just a better package deal than Deadfall. It's more more oh more gooder than than Deadfall. Exactly. That's a great yeah. way to put it. So, Sean, wow, are you going to put Deadfall out to pasture? Oh my goodness! So, I bet you feel like a cage lord again right now. <laughs> yeah. I always I always end up in this role. I um honestly I I don't think either of these films has a chance in our finale <laughs> going going yeah, up right? against I mean, some of got... the heavy hitters that we have coming up. Red Rock West to me, it it really comes off to me as like a movie that my dad would have had on VHS growing up that he like got for okay. free from his his friend who owned a video store. Uh just give him a bunch of these random movies and uh it, it it seems like something that i would watch back then growing up that i would 
not really care about. And, you know, like I said, I do think that Red Rock West is the better film, technically. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I just didn't get anything really out of it. Like, there was nothing really in that film that was that overly memorable to me. Anything that I will probably think about in, like, a year or two. Whereas, I think Deadfall... I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a bad movie. Fuck you! But it it stands out. I think I have to go with Deadfall just because I personally found it more entertaining at parts. It did drag. It definitely dragged and it was hard to follow what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but... You know, uh... Steve, Steve, don't do this. Steve, don't do this. He's upset, right? Is he getting the steel chair? So, what what did you vote for? I think I gotta give it to Deadfall. Okay. Um, well, in that case, I'm gonna leave again. Steve, no. All right. I just couldn't believe it was happening. Again, but that's okay. I just that's can't. Okay. Be- I just can't believe that we both loved the hell out of Deadfall. I, I mean, when you watch Deadfall, though, Sean, did you understand why Steve and I were so were so psyched for you to see it? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I was just confused at what what was what. <laughs> yeah, what was going through your head when? when you saw Eddie's scenes. Like that? That's the stuff. (laughs) That's what I want. Give me that. Give me that greasy old mustache. Fair enough. enough. Well, Red Rock West put up a a good fight, um, but alas, it will be Deadfall to uh, move on to compete with you know, other masterpieces such as um, Guarding Tess and It Could Happen to You. So in our next episode, it appears that we will be talking about um, Nick Cage's transition into comedy. I mean, he's already kind of done some comedies. If you want to consider Valley Girl is... No, they're both... um, They're... Both of the movies coming up next, right? The Guarding Test and It Could Happen to You. Uh-huh. They're, they're both kind of like uh, comedies. If I remember right, there's some there's some romance aspects. Yeah. And in both places, he plays more of the... Uh, instead of being the con that he's been in a lot of times, he plays uh-huh. more of a uh, law enforcement role. Hmm. Okay. Um, I believe in Guarding Test, he's a bodyguard and i believe in in, it could happen to you he's a police officer i see but we're going back to the kind of moonstruck peggy sue got married (laughs) era again okay well i'm i'm excited for it for a change a change of pace here yeah it'll be it'll be a good little fourier into the uh many faces of cage Excellent. The cage keeps going. 
So that's what we have to look forward to. Again, it's Guarding Tess and It Could Happen to You. Those will be the next two movies that we talk about. If you get a chance to uh, watch them alongside us and be uh, ready for the next podcast. Yeah. Well, we've enshrined our winner again, Deadfall. Thanks for listening again to Late Night Cage Fight. Be sure to check out all of our podcast episodes at nickcagefight.com. This will be an exciting season. We've got some heavy hitters coming yeah. up. This is the golden age of Cage. This really, yeah. We got leaving Las or, Vegas. Or, or at least the golden age of our youth. Because um, truthfully, mm. my, my modern Cage uh, knowledge is... is it's really only been the ones that we have reviewed so far of, of his more modern stuff. You know, the Mandy, the yeah. space, you know, I, aside from that, I have not kept up with a lot of modern cage. So we're mm. actually in the, uh, the golden age of, of nostalgia cage, right? We are, um, I, I can't truly comment on what today's cage can bring. So, not only should we be excited of uh, of what has been, but uh, look forward to what will come. Truly and truly inspiring words, Cage Fighter Steve. Yeah. I echo that sentiment. Well, guys. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you again for being a part of this, uh, this fun ride watching all of Cage's films. This is Late Night Cage Fight. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. I'm out.